Hey, Yetta, do you want to play Monopoly? It takes too long. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. We're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we get to share techniques Thoughts, tips, and tools that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. We're going to consider that investing in real estate is a little bit like playing a game of Monopoly. Yes, we are. Exactly. And the great news is you got your entire life to play the game. It's not just an evening. All the pieces go back in the box, though, when you die. (laughs) They <laughs> true, but okay, that's not where we're going right now, though. No. We're going to consider the different types of investment properties, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're going to start with, and then we'll yeah. continue to develop that thought. Because in Monopoly, you win. There's only one way to win. Yeah. That's by owning property. Yeah, you own property. And so then you collect rent. Exactly. And so if you already own your own personal residence, that's fantastic. And that's really the beginning of being able to have an investment mindset, Mm -hmm. like how to care for it, how to navigate the payments, all of that. And then we're talking about that second property. Right. And so do you do passive investing? You could. You could. So unpack, do you want to unpack that first or go through the types Let's go first? through the three types. Okay. So there's passive and then there's short-term rentals and then there's a longer-term rental. Yeah. And the reason we don't talk about flipping, because some people go, well, that's short-term real estate owning. Flipping's about earning an income, right. not about building wealth. Right. And the tactics we're talking about are for building wealth, long-term right. wealth. And so flipping can work well. And it is a completely different conversation than keeping real estate and owning it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So it's a tactic for a different show. We have done some episodes on flipping. So if that interests you, you can go find that those episodes and we'll probably do some in the future too. Because yeah. it, there's, there's a lot of sensationalizing around flipping. And if you can do it well... You can do well. Yeah. The problem is flipping houses, they're heavy. And last time I tried to do one, I hurt my back. You know this joke. Yes. But the point is, each house that we've attempted to flip, Mm -hmm. we've broken even or lost a little bit of money. Right. So, and a lot of labor went in. Obviously, (laughs) to tell you which one. But if you have a strategy, we know lots of people and we have a few clients that do it very successfully. Yeah. And we know what not to do. Right. Because we bought our house to help somebody out. Right. And then we thought, well, we can adjust it and flip it. We didn't buy it for the purpose of flipping. And so that's that's So back to always having your purpose clear, Mm -hmm. your motivation in line. So uh, the... The very first one that yeah. we talked about that's passive. So passive, we're going to unpack that a little more in a, in a little later on in the show. But passive just means uh, you don't have an active role in it other than supplying money. Right. You don't have control of the property. You don't have um, as much work or energy you have to put into it. 
and it has its place. Right. And you're going to gain probably about 50% on average. That's at least the clients we have that help people invest passively. Mm-hmm. They, The person coming will bring 100% of the down payment typically, be financially responsible, but not responsible to bring the knowledge or the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's a sharing of yep. profits. Yeah. And so in this segment, what we'd like to talk about is the um, short-term versus long-term rentals. Rentals, and and again, it's not short-term owning it. They're all long-term owning it. It's just does the tenant or the person staying in it come for a short time or a long time? And they're governed differently because one's under the Hoteling Act, where you're like, you know, you're probably familiar with Airbnb or uh, vacation rentals by owner or um, even Expedia. You can get. Uh, that type of rental from people where people come and they stay for a few days to a few weeks to maybe a month or two. Right. And then there's the longer term rental, which typically will be a year or longer. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes people will allow, will consider a long term rental six months, but really it's a year or longer that we would yeah. say is long term renting. Right. And then you're governed by the Landlord Tenant Act. If you're into a long term as opposed to the Hotel Act, and that can be a pro and a con. Right. But it, it typically it's a con for a lot of people because it prevents them from removing a tenant easily and it prevents them from raising the rent quickly. If the market shifts, you can't just raise someone's rent by two, three hundred dollars a month. But in the Airbnb, if the market demands it and people are willing to pay it, you can raise the per night rate. So whatever you want, as long right. as people are willing to pay it. Right. So the pro for the short-term rental is that you get a lot more money per night, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yep. You're going to earn a lot more in a very short period of time. Right. The downside is maybe you're going to have a lot of vacancies. So it may not turn out that you actually earn any more money. So when you're considering a property for a short-term rental, if that's your purpose, you want to really think about is it in the right location to really allow for you to get a lot of occupancy Mm -hmm. in a short-term rental. There's also a lot of legislation in terms of will your city allow it, will the type of property you own, like a lot of condominium properties, you can't do short-term rentals. Yeah, so you gotta, when you're looking for that property, that's some of the research you want your realtor to do for you mm-hmm. and you want to verify it is to make sure that short-term rentals are allowed on that right. property in the zoning or you know, in the city of Ottawa, they require a licensing if you want to do short-term rentals. Right, and... Are you willing to do what it takes to get that licensing if you want right. to do a short-term rental? So and I they, think, we'll and be- they don't even want you to have a. It needs to be your principal residence that you're doing a short-term rental on, not you're buying a property specifically to do short-term rentals on that property. Right. So when you're buying the property, you really want to have in mind what is the purpose of this rental situation. Mm-hmm. Another con of the short-term rentals is. Uh, insurance is tougher to get and might be significantly more expensive than um, a rental insurance for a long-term tenant. Right. And what would you say some of the pros are for the short-term rental? Well, again, it's that, that higher rate. Um, there's 
there's more to do. Like it's another negative really is you need to have good reviews. So you got to look after that. Um, you've got to have somebody that cleans it and maintains it regularly. So there's a lot more hands on. Mm-hmm. And then there's wear and tear on your furniture because you have, you have to have it, you know, furnished and full of dishes and sheets and towels and all of that. Right. Right. It's a whole nother. It's a totally different conversation. Yeah. And so if you want to do it, we've done it, but as where we've done it, it's a place that we also want to go and it's out of country. And that's a pro because if you're doing short-term rental, most of the time it's because it's a type of property that you want to stay in yourself from time to time. Right. And so that would be an advantage. So if you're thinking, I have now opened my mind to a concept or a possibility I hadn't thought of before. You two mm-hmm. always talk about the long-term rentals, but here we are looking at a different option. Then just reach out to us for a clarity call mm-hmm. and we'll help you discover what is the next best step for right. you. So unlike the game of Monopoly where only one person wins and everybody else loses, everyone can win in this game of investing. We're grateful to be your partners and moving forward to uh, towards wisdom wealth, and worth. Yetta, did you know that I'm an international man of mystery? No, you're local and I know all about you. (laughs) We're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, how to make house home, how to grow your wealth, and how to just get the most out of the house that you're living in. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. And if you want to get them all the time, let us know and we will make sure we send you out the newest episode on an ongoing weekly basis. And, you know, this time we're Mm -hmm. going to explore the whole international, local, or far further away but still in the same country type of real estate we're going to explore what it what do we do and what might be available to you Mm. well we do all three yeah and it's interesting and so we're going to explore some of the pitfalls yeah the the pros and cons we're going to stick on the pros and cons idea because everything has its pro or its con Right? Yeah, there's nothing that's perfect. No. It's a good thing that the P in, po- in perfection stands for poison. P yes. in perfect stands for poison. That's why I'm and, so glad you're not perfect. Yeah, and I'm glad you're not because <laughs> that would be true for both of us. And so as we look at local real estate, what are some of the advantages or well, the pros? Yeah, well, if you're talking local, local, I think, is like in the same town you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to have market knowledge. Yep. It's easier to get to if it needs some maintenance. Well, and you may, even if you have a property manager or you have a team of people that take care of it for you, you may be using those same people for your own home to do maintenance. And so it's just a spillover. So it's just easier to care for because you're already in the process of dealing with something local, like even grass cutting. Yeah, easier to have contractors that you know and you trust because you're already in that market, right? Right. And um, it's also easier to keep an eye on it. You know, you can drive by it every once in a while, make sure there's any craziness going on, right? Yeah. Make sure that the, you know, the gutters aren't hanging down off the, the eaves or Right. The roof hasn't blown off a shingle or whatever, right? right? It's just easy to monitor. Right. 
in one of the cons, no, pro cons, one of mm-hmm. the not so good things mm-hmm. is that if it's too close, there may be a request to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be requested to do. I mean, we've had yeah. some real close and it's like, would you come change my light bulb? It's like, mm-hmm. seriously? But yeah, it's a familiarity as mm-hmm. well. Like if you're, for instance, if you're in a duplex and you live in one side and you rent the other side, it's easy for them to become friends more than tenants. Right. And so then when there's a hard conversation to have, it's more difficult to have it. Or if they might take advantage of your friendship as opposed to a landlord-tenant relationship. And even as a landlord, you may think you can do more than you really can do based on the relationship. I think it could go either way Mm -hmm. in terms of who might be taking advantage. Yeah, it could go either right? way. It's just harder to, the, the lines are blurred mm-hmm. if somebody's too, too local. Right. And the other con is sometimes in your local market, the the revenue stream is not high enough for the mm-hmm. cost of the property. So you're going to be out of pocket each month. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I do have investors that, that buy a property where they have to pay each month some money into it, but we can show you how the numbers work and how it actually makes sense to still do it. Right, because you're investing into the overarching value and a mortgage is being paid down. Yeah, you're investing monthly. So if the mortgage is going down, say, you know, $1,400 a month and you're short 300 or 400, what happens is you're putting in 400, but the mortgage is going down 1400. So you're still plus a thousand dollars. Right. Right. And so I, I I like to think of it as like if you were making monthly payments to your RSP, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, would you do four hundred could you do four hundred a month? And if you can, then it might be better to spend that four hundred a month and buy a piece of property and because of the because, leverage, and we, we're not getting right. into all that good stuff right. today. But th- there is other episodes that break all that down. Absolutely. So if we touch on something, you're saying you didn't give me enough, Ken and Yada, you keep doing that. Know that with the over 600 episodes we've done, you can go find it. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. And then the, the next one would be you're out of town. You're still maybe in the same province, same country. Sometimes it's a different province, but same country. Um the pros with that is same same exchange rate, same laws typically. Same which, currency is what same you mean. Currency, yeah. Yeah. Um, same currency, yeah. Same laws, same or similar, similar laws. Unless you go into like Quebec, then you got a different laws. But if you stay, say, in Ontario, mm-hmm. then the Tenant Act is the same no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. The currency is the same. But you can go into a town where maybe rents are high and prices are low and make positive cash flow by investing in a town that's outside of your geographic area. Then you have the cons of now you got a property, you need a property manager. It's it's not local. It's not easy to keep track of. And you also have the challenge that it... Although it may cash flow well, it may not increase in value at the same rate. Right. So appreciation of the actual asset may be slower than in your actual market if you yep. bought it where you lived. Yeah, and that's part of the strategy that we do mm-hmm. when we do a, a strategy consultation on investing is what are your goals? Is it cash flow? Is it to supplement your income? Or do you have lots of income and you want to build future 
value and growth and have tax advantages, well, then a negative cash flow property in the city you're in may be the right answer for you. And so we look at all of that and determine, you know, do you want a, a, a very much newer property that has very little maintenance or are you willing to get a lower cost property with more cash flow that you have to do maintenance or upgrades on that will ultimately increase the value of it and maybe you can increase the the rent by changing out a tenant because you're renovating so you buy a property that's that's um, got a lot of delayed maintenance and you upgrade it then you bring in a better tenant and now you've got a a higher value, value property right. built value. and higher rent mm-hmm. or do you go international do you go far away so some of the pros there at least for us when we did it was because we wanted that place for ourselves yeah and so we wanted to go there part-time but we don't want to go there full-time or even very part-time so then moving into a rental situation where we bought internationally gave us access to stay in our own home when we're not at our regular home. Mm -hmm. And we rent that, but then again, there's higher carrying costs, higher maintenance costs, higher management costs, Mm -hmm. but it's cost of doing business, right? So we've got our dream home in another warm country that we can go to a week or two in the winter time or a few weeks, and it's still paying for itself primarily due to the rental income. So that gave us the best of two worlds. Now, pros and cons for that international thing. Hmm, It's it's riskier. It's riskier. It's way riskier because there's laws that you can't possibly unknown. The type of ownership may not be as simple as the ownership here. Mm -hmm. Your currency is going to be different. So you're dealing with an exchange rate challenge that you may not see coming. And then there may be language barriers. Yeah. And the positive though is you're dividing your risk somewhat because now you have some of your your investment in a different country in mm-hmm. a different currency and they may they may ex- mm-hmm. accelerate because it's in a vacation area it may continue to accelerate when the market in Ottawa or Toronto or wherever stalls out right. so you've got that diversity and so exploration is the bottom line could be half the fun of this so if you're thinking international local or somewhere in between Let's have a clarity call and sort Mm -hmm. that out. Yeah. So thanks for growing alongside of us because we're passionate about all of us being positioned for generational legacy. Hey, Yetta, I think I want to buy a tent. We already have tents. We're excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, but coming alongside you to build your fitness, build your faith, build your fun, and even strengthen, heal and flourish inside relationships. So really 30 years of building your finances, your fun and your home. Mm -hmm. And so as we discover fun, how can we have more fun? And that's by looking at other types of investments. Yeah, because the discovery is half of the battle, half the fun. It is. If you want to call it a battle. Uh, some people love the excitement of something new to invest in and and play it like a game. What can I invest in? How quick can I invest in it? What's the return? How quickly can I build wealth? And so the whole tent thing, what were you thinking about? Because we don't need more tents. Well, surely it was a yurt. 
a yurt. So that's seasonal investing. So what we want yeah. to unpack a little bit is... Well, you know, yurts can be year-round. Okay. They have a wood stove in them, but they're canvassy, they're tenty. They tend to have a plywood floor, maybe a wood stove in them. Mm-hmm. And people, they're becoming very popular. They people really will rent them at a high rate because they want to get out of their condo. They want to get out of the city and they want to get back to nature. So a yurt just gives them a lot of screened in area, especially in the summer, a lot of breeze right through it. It's And it's usually back in the middle of a forest or a field or something. Right. So if you have a larger piece of property, it may be wise to be able to take your principal residence and even have seasonal rentals on it or year-round rentals if you yeah. want to navigate it. So there could be more maintenance involved in that kind of project. Yeah, for sure. It's a little more hands-on. It's kind of like having a bed and breakfast in your home. Right. Some yurts even come with some food, like people bring you food to the yurt because mm-hmm. uh, they don't generally have a lot of cooking facility or anything right. like that. Um, so it can be a really grand adventure for right. for a couple or whoever. Right. So if you're thinking of adventure, this might be it for you. Or maybe it's more of a cottage. Maybe it's a seasonal three season. Or even if you have a four season cottage, it may be that it's on an unopened uh, winter road. So Mm -hmm. therefore, or it could be lake access only or boat access only. So depending on where you're buying something, even uh, something that could be used for season, you might only be able to use three season. Yeah. And and I think it's important to know that a lot of people don't rent cottages on a lake in the winter because they're just not into like being cold and skating on the ice or whatever. But if you can find a cottage... That's three, four seasons, and it has skiing nearby. Now you've got a four-season rental as opposed to a seasonal. But let's talk about some of the pros and cons of a seasonal rental. Well, one of the pros for sure is that you usually get a higher uh, rental rate. Yeah, because typically they're on the water or something, and so they rent very high weekends and week. Mm-hmm. You can have just week long or you can have weekends. Um and one of the issues with, you know, the, another pro is um, it's a short season that you have to manage it. You mean con? No, it's a pro. Oh, because, okay. Yeah, because you get to manage it and rent it for a shorter season and then you get a break from all that. And then it'll start up again kind of this time of year for your seasonal summer rentals. Okay. And then by the fall, you can shut it down and forget about it. So. You're right. Now, one of the cons could be that you want to use it at the same time it rents high. Yeah. And and also, if it's a short rental season, like if you've got, it's three months of rental season and you want to spend, you know, four weeks at the cottage, well, you've just taken away a third of your rental time. Right. So, you won't make as much on that seasonal rental, but it's still more advantageous than just buying a cottage that you see leave vacant most of the time because then it's not a business write-off either. It's now, it's all the expense is yours. But if you rent it out part of the time, Mm. now you can write off a lot of the expenses. And even sometimes when you go there, you know, the week you go to open it, the week you go to close it, those are expenses because you now have to be there to maintain it. Right. So passive investing is one of the things you've talked about with seasonal, right? 
Not with seasonal. Not so much. No, okay. passive is, I find passive is typically better with a, um, like a seasonal cottage is more involved. Passive would be more like uh, you go in with a partnership to buy something or you go to a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust. And they have multiple big apartment buildings and you just give their five grand or 10 grand and you get a little portion of the profitability. So that's one way you can be passive. Now, ours is not seasonal. The one we bought in Mexico, it's year round, Mm -hmm. which I like that it's year round. But it is somewhat passive because we have a management company, a person Mm -hmm. renting it, a person maintaining it, although it's been more... More passive, no, not more passive, more unpassive. <laughs> more hands-on. <laughs> more hands-on than we thought it would be. And that's, I think, as we're getting it up to the standard that we want it to be, right? right. We're building the condition of it, getting rid of all the deferred maintenance and that sort of stuff. So really assessing what it's going to take to make it work for you is part Mm -hmm. of this conversation, whether we're talking seasonal or not, what's it going to take to make it something that works for you? Yeah. And we also had to make a mindset mindset shift. Mm -hmm. I did anyways, because I thought, okay, this week we're going down for vacation, but we met with people every day on maintenance, on getting quotes. We went to the hardware store, we bought the equipment, we bought screws, we repaired things. Like we were active for the whole week. Yes, were there times where we went out for dinner, enjoyed the beach and all that? Yes, there was. But it wasn't like a true week vacation where you just go and Well, that's why some people would relax. just rather rent somebody else's and not have to think about any of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. But then we go back to the investing thing. It's mm-hmm. going up in value and mm-hmm. bringing us an income when we're not there. Right, right. So a full-time rental just expands when you can rent it. It still may have high and low seasons. Like even if you've got a place where you can ski, a place that has golf, and a place that is on the water, you got all those three things. There's still a little bit of season, a month or two in at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year where you can't do any of those activities. Right. And so it's still somewhat seasonal. Unless you go somewhere like where we bought, it's hot year-round. Still has its slow seasons, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as you're thinking about this, the one thing you don't want to do. What's that? Is have blind trust. Like every single time we bought an investment, because it can be scary. Every time we bought one that went bad. Mm-hmm. It's because we had blind trust. We didn't yes. do our due diligence. That's right. That's right. Now, the, what's what's worse than having blind trust, though, in my opinion, is having blind mistrust. Because if you have blind mistrust, you will not take any risks. You won't take any investments because you blindly mistrust everyone and everything and so you sit and you hide your money in the under the mattress that's not going to work for you either we're honored to be your advocates building wealth through real estate and having a life exponential